Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, literally Heather. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you had a great weekend. Um, Edward Snowden, a former National Security Agency contractor who leaked information about U.S. surveillance programs, swore an oath of allegiance to Russia and has collected his Russian passport. Um, Edward received a Russian passport yesterday and took the oath in accordance with the law, his lawyer said. He is, of course, happy, thanking the Russian Federation for the fact that he received citizenship. Most importantly, under the Constitution of Russia, he can no longer be extradited to a foreign state. Edward Snowden is 39 years old and wanted by Washington on espionage charges. He argues that his actions were in the interests of the United States. In any case, his revelations exposed the breadth of the U.S. digital spying programs and altered the public's understanding of technology, privacy, and digital security. Russian President Vladimir Putin granted Snowden citizenship in September in a decree that covered 72 foreigners. Putin has previously called Snowden's actions wrong, but said that he is not a traitor since he did not betray the interests of his country. Snowden's revelations published first in the Washington Post and the Guardian newspaper in 2013 and caused international shockwaves and were among the most consequential intelligence breaches in U.S. history, if that's how you look at it. This subject is incredibly contentious for many Americans because we often think in binary terms, traitor versus truth teller. Often the argument that I hear is that Edward Snowden is a traitor and the information he released put assets in danger. But if those assets were conducting unconstitutional data collection on you, your family, and everyone that you know, would you not want them to be exposed? It's hard, because we're conditioned to believe that the government is just looking out for us from a very young age, and I still wonder if he had gone through the appropriate whistleblower channels, if the results of this would have been different. But after seeing what I have over the 10 years since he's been gone, with the Patriot Act, the DHS, and their complete shift from protecting against terrorism and facilitating security on our border to putting moms from school board meetings on watch lists and punishing border patrol agents for doing their job. And more recently, the FBI transitioning from a law enforcement agency to meeting privately with big tech companies to quash the hashtag trends that they don't like. I'm afraid my faith that Snowden would have been treated fairly as a whistleblower and that the American people would have ever been told about the NSA's transgressions are two things that never would have happened. A scientist who worked closely with the Wuhan lab has claimed COVID was genetically engineered and linked leaked from the facility. Dr. Andrew Huff, former vice president of Ego Health Alliance, claims to have had a ring-sized seat to what he brands as one of the greatest cover-ups in history and the biggest U.S. intelligence failure since 9-11. The Wuhan Institute of Virology, 
a high-security lab specializing in coronaviruses, has been in the eye of the storm as questions rage over whether COVID could have been could have escaped from its lab. Both China and the lab have furiously denied allegations, but evidence of a lab leak has been piling up over the last two years as scientists, researchers, and governments hunt for answers and step forward with evidence. Dozens of experts have suggested COVID could have escaped from the Wuhan lab through an infected researcher, improper disposal of waste or potential breaches in the security at the site. Even the head of the World Health Organization reportedly believes that COVID did leak from the lab after a, quote, catastrophic accident. Then there were some of us (coughs) who wrote articles all the way back in February of 2020 telling everyone that it came from the Wuhan Institute of Urology, while everyone in Western media and the government was trying to convince us that it came from bat soup in a wet market. And why were they trying to convince you of that? Because they didn't want you to find out that Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases was using taxpayer dollars to fund the lab and the virus. In his new book, The Truth About Wuhan, Whistleblower Dr. Huff claims the pandemic was a result of the U.S. government's funding of dangerous genetic engineering of coronaviruses in China. See, I told you so. The epidemiologist said China's gain-of-function experiments, carried out with shoddy biosecurity, led to a lab leak at the U.S.-funded Wuhan Institute of Urology. EcoHealth Alliance and foreign laboratories did not have the adequate control measures in place for ensuring proper biosafety, biosecurity, and risk management, ultimately resulting in the lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He said this in his book, and an exclusive pre-release copy was provided to The Sun online. EcoHealth Alliance has been studying different coronaviruses in bats for more than 10 years, with funding from the National Institutes of Health and developed close working ties with the Wuhan lab. Dr. Huff, who worked at EcoHealth Alliance from 2014 to 2016 and served as vice president from 2015, worked on the classified side of the research program as a U.S. government scientist. The Army veteran from Michigan said the organization taught the Wuhan lab the, quote, best existing methods to engineer bat coronaviruses to attack other species for many years. And he claimed China knew from day one that this was a genetically engineered agent. The U.S. government is to blame for the transfer of dangerous biotechnology to the Chinese, he said. Speaking to The Sun Online, Dr. Huff added, I was terrified by what I saw. We were just handing them bioweapon technology. You know a question I've been asking for nearly four years that I still don't know the answer to? Are American taxpayer dollars still going to the Wuhan lab? In 2014, Dr. Huff was asked to review a funding proposal which revealed that gain-of-function work was being carried out to create SARS-CoV-2, which caused COVID. Gain-of-function work sees viruses souped up Sorry, I have a cough drop in my mouth. Souped up to more easily infect humans to help researchers test scientific theories. 
develop new technologies, and find treatments for infectious diseases. But the risky research method can pose safety and security concerns, and it's banned in many countries. It was originally banned in the United States in 2014, but was reintroduced by the NIH in 2017. He soon realized the virus would never occur in nature and had been developed into a much more powerful pathogen in the lab. Dr. Huff believes COVID was genetically engineered in Wuhan through gain-of-research funded by the U.S. government. And poor biosafety led to a lab leak. And when COVID emerged in late 2019, he said China and some of their U.S. government collaborators at the Department of State, USAID, and the Department of Defense went into full cover-up mode. Dr. Huff said he has good reason to believe that the United States government was alerted to the outbreak in August or October of 2019. (laughs) Reading stories like this is super frustrating because no one will pay. No one will be held accountable. No one will ever suffer the consequences of not only the engineering of the virus in the first place, but of all the deaths that were perpetrated from the virus itself, and then the adverse effects and deaths as a result of the vaccine that they made people feel like they had to take. I literally feel like the shame nun wanting to follow everyone around, all of the high-ranking officials from the NIH, from the NIAID, all of the names, (laughs) and just ringing a bell and screaming shame at them everywhere they go. Oh. Elon Musk said there will be more smoking guns after he and a journalist released the Twitter files late last week that revealed how Twitter's previous management censored a New York Post article about Hunter Biden before the 2020 election. Let's be really crystal clear about the New York Post article. They not only pulled the article down, they suspended accounts who shared the article blacklisted the link so you couldn't even share the link itself, and then lied to everyone and told it was hacked materials and part of a Russian disinformation campaign. To this day, there are still people who believe this to be true. Musk provided the internal files to journalist Matt Taibbi, who released them Friday night, and former New York Times journalist Barry Weiss. Both operate Substack pages, Neither individual is a fan of Donald Trump at all. However, they were both recently, or they have both recently quit their jobs at major mainstream publications because of editorial bias. In a lengthy Twitter thread, Taibi posted screenshots of internal conversations amongst Twitter employees that indicated certain posts were flagged for removal by members of the Democrat National Committee and then candidate Joe Biden's campaign. More to review from the Biden team, the employee said, and then it had a list of accounts. And these were not like high profile accounts. These were were just everyday you and me citizens of the world. The employee responded back and a a Twitter worker replied, handled these. Taibi wrote that the move to censor the New York Post report, which including blocking sharing of the article and direct messages as well, was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey. With former head of legal policy and trust, Vijaya Gade, 
playing a key role. Why would they do that? Well, because they know that Jack Dorsey is the person who's going to be called before Congress to testify. So there's a high level of plausible deniability at that point. After Musk purchased the company for $44 billion, all of its top management departed or were reportedly fired. That included Gade and former Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little and then more often than constantly. Taibi, a former Rolling Stone journalist who publishes articles for Substack, when the New York Post Hunter story was published in October of 2020, it was dismissed completely by left-leaning journalists, mainstream outlets, and even former intelligence officials as Russian disinformation. 20. It was 20 former intelligence officials, and not a single one of them has come out to make amends or tell everyone that they didn't have a shred of evidence when they made their initial determination. Some of those same news outlets, including the New York Times and Washington Post, reported that the laptop mm, was authentic many months later. Mea culpa, am I right? We'll do better next time, pinky promise. Over November 22nd and 23rd, approximately 9 million borrowers received an email from President Joe Biden's education department with the subject line that stated, your student loan debt relief application has been approved. However, that subject line was incorrect. It was simply supposed to inform borrowers that their applications had been received with the subject line, update on student loan debt relief. It still amazes me that the government cannot run an arguably important email campaign effectively, but yet people are ready to give up their freedom to them in a heartbeat to run their lives. Truthfully, though, and in fairness to the government, which I cannot believe those words would ever come out of my mouth, but the error was made by Accenture Federal Services, which is a contractor of the department that sent the email communications. While the content of the email was accurate and provided borrowers an update that debt relief is currently held up in court and loans cannot be discharged at this time, Accenture, on behalf of the department, will be sending new emails with a corrected subject line to those impacted borrowers in the coming days. The department had previously indicated that 26 million student loan borrowers had already submitted applications for the debt relief. However, Since October, the option to submit an application has been closed due to two legal decisions so far that have blocked the implementation of the relief. The first ruling came from a Texas judge last month who said Biden's plan to cancel student debt is illegal, and just days later, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals decided the temporary pause it had placed on the relief in October will remain in place. In light of the lawsuits, Biden recently extended the pause on student loan payments through June 30th or whenever the lawsuits are resolved, whichever comes first. The administration also continues to express confidence that it will prevail in court and stands behind the authority it used under the HEROES Act of 2003 
to enact one-time debt relief for millions of borrowers. Trump faced rebuke Sunday from officials in both parties after calling for the, quote, termination of parts of the Constitution over his uh, allegation that the 2020 election was stolen. A massive, this is a direct quote that he put out on Truth Social. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, he wrote. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. I thought that his quotations around founders was really interesting, um, but that's completely beside the point. Trump's comments came after Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, said that he would reveal how Twitter engaged in free speech suppression leading up to the 2020 election, which, mind you, there was a huge debate uh, during Liberty Happy Hour on Friday as to whether or not this was uh, in-kind campaign contributions because it's technically uh, not a member of government. It was uh, the Biden administration. But there is also um, allegations that Donald Trump's administration did in fact reach out to Twitter to exercise those same suppression techniques, which would in fact be coming from the government. So regardless of which party you are cheerleading for, it appears that Section 230 violations took place, in-kind campaign contributions took place, and if it is true that Donald Trump's administration enacted these types of protocols as well, then the First Amendment was violated by the United States government. So I want to be really clear that they're not mutually exclusive, like all three things appear to have happened. Files released Friday, which focused on the tech company's confused response to a story about Biden's son, Hunter, do not show Democrats trying to limit the story. The White House on Saturday assailed Trump, saying you cannot only love America when you win. Uh, The American Constitution is a sacrosanct document that for over 200 years has guaranteed that freedom and the rule of law prevail in our great country, Andrew Bates said in a statement, attacking the Constitution and all it stands for is anathema to the soul of our nation. It's always amazing to me as they're shitting all over our rights that we have as citizens, they will invoke the Constitution as if they adhere to it and use it to guide their governance. I guess the only silver lining to Trump's abysmal take on the Constitution is that he's once again saying the quiet part out loud. The Constitution is no longer a respected document in Washington, regardless of political affiliation. Two power substations in in a North Carolina county were damaged by gunfire in what is being investigated as a criminal act causing damage that could take days to repair and leaving tens of thousands of people without electricity. In response to ongoing outages, which began just after 7 p.m. Saturday across Moore County, officials announced a state of emergency that included a curfew from 9 p.m. Sunday to 5 a.m. Monday. Also, county schools will be closed on Monday. An attack like this on critical infrastructure is a serious, intentional crime, and I expect state and federal authorities to thoroughly investigate and bring those responsible to justice, Governor Roy Cooper wrote on Twitter. Moore County Sheriff Ronnie Fields 
said at a Sunday news conference that authorities have not determined a motivation. He said someone pulled up and opened fire on the substation. The same thing happened with the other one. No group has stepped up to acknowledge or accept that they're the ones that did it. The sheriff noted that the FBI was working with state investigators to determine who was responsible, and he also said that, quote, it was targeted. Duke Energy spokesman Jeff Brooks and multiple pieces said multiple pieces of equipment were damaged and will have to be replaced. He said while the company is trying to restore power as quickly as possible, he braced customers for the potential of outages lasting days. We are looking at a pretty sophisticated repair with some fairly large equipment, and so we do want citizens of the town to be prepared that this will be a multi-day restoration for most customers, extending potentially as long as Thursday. Let me know your thoughts on Twitter as to who you think is responsible for this. There are thousands of possibilities running through my mind, but I'm definitely curious to hear what you guys think. That is your Monday edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I love you guys. I hope you have a great day, great start to your week, and I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.